Welcome back to another episode of the Two and One Golf Podcast. It's episode fifty-seven, and there's only two guys on the screen right now. As you can hear, I am here, Sterling Simmons, and we are also joined with Mike Iavino. How are we doing, Mike? Sterling, doing great. It's been two weeks. Got a lot to talk about. Two weeks ago, we we had a, a small, limited field, no cut, fifty-four hole event with an yeah. extremely large purse. And Liv played a tournament too that week. So I guess let's start with Pebble Beach, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Almost said Nick Taylor. Wyndham Clark. Wyndham Clark. I mean, I know we're going to start with Pebble, but I, I got to say what a lucky three weeks I feel like it's been. I mean, I wouldn't say Nick Taylor got lucky, but Wyndham Clark and then Bezatenhout. Yeah. I mean, you, you have a... An amateur win the Amex and second place gets the winner's check. Mm-hmm. And then Wyndham Clark last week shoots a 60, jumps into the lead by one over and, your guy. And doesn't uh, over my guy and doesn't have to yep. back it up. Doesn't I have know. to follow that crazy 60 with another good round, which we all know is like one of the hardest things to do in golf is follow a great round with another good one. Yeah. You know, he just, he gets to, he just gets to take the cash, the trophy, the points, the glory, everything. Yeah. It it kind of reminds me of, you know, like when you're in school and there's like potentially there could be snow the next day. And then you wake up and your mom's like, hey, like you don't have to go to school today. That's like what it reminds me of with Wyndham Clark. You just, it, it kind of don't have to go play golf today. We're just going to give you three point six million dollars. It kind of does. I mean, you think he was putting ice cubes in the toilet and, you know, all that all that good stuff to. Hope that the final round gets gets wiped off the books. I have no idea what that. What do you mean? Put ice cubes in the toilet? You've never you've never heard of that. You put ice cubes in no. the toilet to try to encourage the snow for a snow day. Oh, I've my, never heard that. My before. kids, my kids were famous for that kind of stuff. And did it work? We live in Richmond. When does it ever snow? I don't know. <laughs> I would like be used to. Yeah, we get we get a snow day every once in a while and definitely yeah. they would be they would be doing all that turning their pajamas inside out anything any superstition they could they could leverage they were on it they were absolutely on it oh yeah yeah so yeah like i said lucky for him i'm trying to honestly i don't remember anything else from pebble i know they talked about the weather a bunch the high winds like seven was playing super difficult yeah but i don't remember really anything else that happened in that tournament you know, lift clean in place, very soft, which mm-hmm. is to be expected this time of year at Pebble. I think like maybe once in the last 10 years, they've actually had good weather and not had at least some kind of, you know, delays or ball in hand or, or just something that kind of diminishes it. So kind of, kind of to be expected. I honestly didn't get to watch a whole lot of it because I was expecting to watch the final round on Sunday. Mm-hmm. If I'd known the final round was going to be Saturday, would I have done something different? Eh, who knows? I did watch a little bit of it. It was nice to not see Bill Murray and Ray Romano and Macklemore, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I didn't really, I didn't really miss that. So that was, that was kind of, that was kind of a good thing. Yeah, that's a good point there. It's it's crazy how this was an elevated event. Yeah, it, it really it was, just, was. 
I mean, I remember Justin Rose won it last year, and that was a Monday finish mm-hmm. due to some weather. But just looking at the leaderboard here, I mean, Wyndham Clark. And then as I go down, like Justin Thomas finished T6, Scotty Scheffler T6, which Scotty is unbelievable. Sam Burns, another good finish for him after getting third mm-hmm. place, I believe, in the Amex. Cantlay, you know, T11. But yeah, just a lot of, I don't want to say no names, but, you know, basically no names that we haven't heard of before on the PGA Tour playing really well right now. Yeah. How I much mean, of that do you think is from Liv? You know, when you don't have when you don't have Rom there mm-hmm. and you don't have Brooks, you don't have DJ. DJ was kind of a stalwart at Pebble before he started mm-hmm. going to the Saudi International when it was conflicting. Phil, you know, you never know what you're gonna get with Phil. But yeah, I think that definitely it's starting to water the fields down a little bit. I think you're starting to you're starting to feel it. If the whole idea behind the signature events is that they're trying to get the best players together, I think now with Rom, there's kind of a critical mass of missing missing talent, missing great mm-hmm. players. And I think that it's tough. I know there was nothing they could do. I know that it was it was completely unsafe to play on Sunday and that they weren't going to be able to start early enough on Monday to get it finished. So I get why they had to call it, but it's just really tough. It's a tough look for the PGA tour. You know, it's, do you think it's got an asterisk for Clark? Cause I do. I think there's definitely an asterisk there. Well, so I think this is the first time the PGA tour has had a 54 hole event. And a player got full FedEx Cup points. Mm -hmm. I think Adam Scott and Hideki might have had a 54-hole tournament win, but they didn't get full points in the past. Right. So, yeah, I think you you got to throw a little asterisk next to this one. Yeah, you know. And nothing against Clark. Obviously, he played a phenomenal round, and he he shot the best score. I think it's one thing if he had shot that 60 and he were leading by five. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you could look at it a little bit differently, but certainly he's got to go out there and follow a just insane round. And he's got one of the top up and coming talents in the world, hot on his heels, only one shot back. You know, anything, anything could have happened mm-hmm. on Sunday. But, you know, I wonder if you, when you look at this like five years from now and you're just looking at the Wikipedia page, it kind of, it kind of improves Clark and it kind of makes his U.S. Open win last year less fluky. You know, now, now he's a guy who's won, who's won a major and two elevated designated signature whatever you want to call them events it, i think it does put him it's gonna put him in a different echelon once we've all forgotten about the fact that this was a a weather shortened event 100 percent, and the fact that it was played at pebble mm-hmm. i mean just validates it even more yeah i'd be very interested to see how he performs the rest of the season 
I, I think he played this week in Phoenix. Didn't really make a bunch of noise. Let's see. Yeah, I'm rushing to pull it up as well. I Yeah, he played T41, T 600, took home 30K. So, you know, I guess an average week for him. But right. yeah, like you said, definitely helps his career when you look at it in the long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, other than that, I mean... Pebble always looks great. Beautiful on camera. Absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. on camera. I got to tell you, starting the week, and I did have, I had Thursday on for a little while. Rory was making a charge. Mm-hmm. I was pretty excited. So to have that fall apart, that was tough. That yeah. was tough. What, he took an illegal drop and then got another two-stroke penalty on top of that or something like that or another penalty ended up making an eight yeah he wound up making an eight he he was taking it he was taking an unplayable lie and apparently the drop rolls had changed and then changed back i believe so at one point in time the way he dropped was legal (laughs) dropping a club length from the back on the line was legal but now it is not legal. And it, it seems like that just kind of absolutely torpedoed him, which was which was unfortunate because you would have loved to have him in the mix. Yeah. Yeah, you'd love to have a big name like that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of a name, I don't know, he's not a big name yet, but I know we talked about him earlier, Nick Dunlap. Mm-hmm. First professional start. Yeah. And I'm... I'm kind of doing, I'm pulling a a Madison Hill here. I scrolled all the way down to the bottom of the leaderboard. 80 players played in it, and Nick finished 80. You talk about tough looks. You talk about tough looks. Yeah, so didn't didn't get any money from the Amex. Well, sorry, didn't earn any money. Right. No prize. No prize. Thank you. But took home 32K for last place, and now has four FedEx Cup points. I think he still made, still made the right decision. Absolutely. He's young. He's got a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. So even even though he finished last place, people aren't really talking about it. I get it. But yeah. So four FedEx Cup points? Yeah, four. And you just wonder, you wonder at the end of the year, could that be what separates what separates Dunlap? You know, does that put him in 70th? instead of 71st and how would that be how yeah. would how would that be but you know he earned he earned the right and I'm with you he would be absolutely insane absolutely insane to try to go back to school play another semester compete for a national championship or whatever and then really kind of put himself behind the eight ball when it comes to when it comes to trying to play professionally this year. Yeah. So making his second professional start this week at the Genesis, very difficult golf course, probably more difficult than Pebble, but with the conditions, I'm not sure. I'm really hoping he plays well this week. I just want him to kind of validate it a little bit. Just give me a top 25. And I'll feel really good about him. Yeah, just hoping he plays well this week at, at Riv. I think he's 
I think he's too good. His resume is too good to to consider what happened at the Amex of Fluke again. Mm-hmm. It's not like there are guys who've won the U.S. Amateur and it was a fluke. They had a hot week. They never really did anything else. They played two good rounds of stroke play and then played the match play just well enough to win. And then there are guys who have won it like Tiger and Phil and Bryson who've gone on to to really validate themselves. But they all had other amateur wins and Dunlap's had a lot of other amateur wins. So I I think he's going to be there. I definitely think he's he's going to be there and show us something. If not this week, then later on this season, he's going to figure it out. Yeah. So moving on to the waste management, a lot of wasted, a lot of waste people out there, a lot of hu- a lot of human, a lot of human waste out there. It was it was quite a quite a show, quite a show off the so, off the playing surface, man. Jeez, I know you created the should this exist. Mm-hmm. And I got one for you early. Lay it on on me. I love it. I saw an Instagram post where someone said next year, this is completely made up meme page. Next year, water will be free and the alcoholic drinks will be $30. Does that help this tournament? Because it, it, it it got out of hand this year. It did. It, It really did. Does it help? <sighs> Do they take credit cards for alcohol purchases? Because yeah. if they do, then the only thing I think it helps is the amount of money they make. <laughs> because a drunk person with their credit card will just continue to spend. If they only took cash, then yeah, people would run out of cash faster. But I don't know. Seriously, if they take plastic to pay for booze, it's just going to put more money in their pockets. Yeah, you know, That's a good I, point. I can't, I can't say there haven't been nights in my past where oh. I woke up to a credit card bill that I wasn't expecting. So, you know, I think there could be a lot of that. I think there could be a lot of that. Yeah, Josh and I have this saying at work, like, and it kind of applies here. Once you get, you know, to a certain level of whatever, it becomes monopoly money. Right. To where what you're spending just, it doesn't, it's not even real. Right. Yeah. That next, Um, that next amount you spend is such a small percentage now of what you've already spent that you can rationalize almost anything. That and the bad decisions just tend to compound themselves. So yeah, I I don't know that that's necessarily the solution. The Thunderbirds mm-hmm. will raise a lot more money. I mean, that'll happen. So good for them. But yeah, I don't think that's the solution. I almost think they need to cut the crowds down. Wow, okay. So speaking of the crowds, Saturday afternoon, security gave up. People were walking into the tournament without having purchased a ticket. And the fire marshal and someone else, I can't remember, just said, shut it down. No more alcohol sales. You got people in there who shouldn't be in there. Mm-hmm. I heard there was over half a million people on the grounds, and it got out of control. The videos, I'm not sure. what I've never been to Scottsdale. The videos of people trying to get to a hole, I'm assuming it was probably around 16. Right. I mean, it was 
it was like a concert out there. That's how many people were kind of just standing and like shuffling around trying to get from place to place. And then you had the videos of, you know, people. I think some of them are staged, but people are walking around slipping in the mud due to mm-hmm. all the weather and rain they got. And just I saw one guy who was sitting in a chair. Basically like blacked out, just, you know, <laughs> pissing himself. Yeah, I mean, uh, you see that. You see that, and it's just absolutely, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, they don't even they don't even announce attendance anymore. I guess they're afraid that <laughs> they're afraid they'll get in, they'll get in trouble for it. But they they call that dash to sixteen the running of the bowls. Yeah, you know, like the running of the bowls in in Spain. And I think that you know from what I saw of it. It's it's absolutely it's absolutely right. I heard in one place that they carried 130 people out on stretchers. Yeah. Wow. 130 people were carried out on stretchers. So that's you got to worry that at some point something really bad is going to happen. Somebody's going to die. That's why I'm wondering, do they need to, did they need to control the crowds better by actually limiting, limiting the size? Mm-hmm. You know, something, something, I'm, something I'm hearing is that a lot of people, a lot of out of town people are coming in for that. It's not just, you know, it's not just Phoenix's thing anymore. Yeah. And I mean that that sounds that sounds kind of scary, and I've I've been in some I've been in some situations that are pretty ridiculous. I've been to I don't know if you follow horse racing at all. I've been to the Preakness and been in the infield in the Preakness in Baltimore, and that was that's the biggest party I've ever been to. And I've heard people say that this is like you know, and that's like a hundred thousand people crammed in in the infield mm-hmm. of a, a horse track. You know, and they said that this is like that, you know, five X. Well, so I can't even. So now I want to, I want to look at it now from the player's perspective, because we saw some videos come out of Zach Johnson and Billy Horschel into it with some fans Mm. close to the ropes. Don't sir me. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the most Zach Johnson response of all time. (laughs) Oh, don't sir me. (laughs) Yeah, he was getting chirped for the Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. Billy Horschel was standing up for his playing partner because someone was talking right in his backswing. Right. I've seen comments and people are, you know, getting upset with players and, you know, that you got to assume that they were getting that all day. My, my question is, if you're a player and you sign up for this event because it wasn't elevated this year, so you chose to play in it, don't you have to like you, you kind of know what you're getting into when you sign up for this event? At this point, yeah. I I, I don't really want to hear that anyone's upset about about drunken fans, about how they were treated, anything like that. If if ZJ if ZJ was gonna show up to this and didn't think that he'd get called out for what happened at the Ryder cup. I mean, that's, that's a pretty colossal lack of self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, 
honestly, the guys who embrace it for the insanity that it is, you look at what you look at their public persona and you look at how people regard them. I mean, like Joel Damon in the in the shirt off thing. And you've got to think that that has so raised his profile that forget about whatever fine he had to pay. It's probably mm-hmm. paid off 10 times that for him. And he's yeah. beloved. Everyone loves Joel Damon. You know, and, and contrast it with how ZJ handled himself there. And that's just going to, that's just going to continue to make him look small. I think don't go. Yeah, seriously, don't go. If you can't, if that's not what you want to put up with, don't go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think there's enough people on the PGA tour that would want to play that. You'd still fill this event with ease. Of course. Of course. No issues. I mean, you got, you got a guy who, is about to leave the tour about to take a job with paying who Monday qualifies into it. So he can have one, you know, so he can have one last shot and, you know, just absolutely revels in it. You know, Jim Knaus. So yeah, you would have no issue getting other guys to play on this. There's plenty of other guys. There's plenty of other guys who, have a card and who are having trouble getting starts because their status mm-hmm. isn't that good. Let them come in and play young, hungry. Maybe they'll do something with the opportunity instead of, you know, instead of ZJ just getting there and, you know, getting cranky with people. Yeah. I want to see what, where old, he finished. Yeah. Old Any man. Idea? My long, I, do not even he, know if the cut. Did he make the T60. cut? He made the cut. He made the cut. Okay. All right. So T60, he went 70, 70, 70, 71. So, yeah, I mean, he took home 20K, basically. You know, and a little appearance fee, basically, for Zach Johnson. He doesn't need any more money. I'm surprised. Like, why is Zach Johnson playing in this event? It just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. I don't know why he's playing this event. I almost don't know why he's playing golf. Right. To be to be brutally honest, how how old is he? Zach Johnson. Let's see. I'm gonna click on his player profile here. Profile and ranking. He's forty seven. Nineteen seventy six. He's forty seven. Okay. Three more years to the champions tour. If there is a champions tour in three years. Yeah. And and he would be an absolute legend on the champions tour. Yeah. Absolutely. He would have he would probably have the fourth or fifth biggest gallery out there, depending on who his pairing was. I mean, I was at the Virginia tournament last year and Jim Furyk had a massive following. Oh yeah. How much do you think Johnson's made in his career? Mm, great question. Give me just earnings. Give me like 15 mil. 15, one five. Yes. What if I told you it was closer to 50? Wow. 48 million. Jeez. How many PGA Tour wins do you have? Oh, man. 
I'm sorry. I I had a, I was assuming it was close to the to the number you were looking at. No, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm surprised that it wasn't because I didn't I didn't look at it on his player profile. But uh, I mean, there haven't been there haven't been oh twelve. 12 wins. I didn't realize he won that many times. I didn't. Yeah, I knew he had the two majors. Yeah, I figured he'd crack the double digits, but I thought it was just 10. So, yeah, so 12 wins, 48 million. You figure he's taken home half of that Mm -hmm. after expenses. So, 24 million. Is he just trying to stay sharp for three years? Is that it? There's no way. In which case, again, why do you play in this? Yeah, good. Just wait for the John Deere. Right. I mean, this it's not like this course sets up for him. Right. He might as well play play the John Deere, play Harbor Town, play the shorter courses that set up for him, Colonial, that kind of stuff. I don't understand why this would be a course fit. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Who knows? It. Maybe, maybe it was a sponsor and, you know, they had some ties to the tournament and they it really wanted him to play. It could be anything, but yeah. Let's get to the winner. Nick Taylor Nick bounces Taylor. back after losing last year to Scotty Scheffler. Scotty, again, on an incredible run, T3 for him. But Nick Taylor defeated Charlie Hoffman, a guy who is sponsored by waste management, wears a green glove, wears a lot of green. Usually plays well in round one and round two of the Masters. Nick Taylor defeated him in a playoff. Two holes, both birdied the first playoff hole, and then Nick Taylor drained a putt on 18. Awesome celebration. Happy to see him him win and bounce back after last year. Is Nick Taylor quietly really good? Not just good, but really good after a second in this last year, winning the Canadian Open being the first Canadian to win the Canadian Open in what, like half a century or so? Yeah. And then winning this. Is he is he secretly really good? Hmm. I think if you're asking us, yes. Yeah. If you're asking his peers, no. But I don't know what like you think if you if you ask his peers and their PGA Tour players, they wouldn't say like, yeah, like Nick Taylor is probably top thirty out here. Because I'm going to ask you this: what I didn't I didn't watch a whole lot this weekend, and mm-hmm. when I did watch, I was kind of watching featured groups, and he wasn't in a featured group. What is it about his game that like sets him apart? I know he made some huge putts coming on the stretch. I think it's iron play and clutch putting is what he's becoming known for. I, mm-hmm. He doesn't, he doesn't kill the ball. You know, it's not like, I mean, he's long enough. He's not short, yeah. but it's not like he's absolutely murdering the ball, but it, it seems like he, his putting rises to the moment. It's interesting. Like if you put his if you put his down the stretch putting on Scotty Scheffler, that would be unbelievable. I mean, Scotty would win tournaments by ten 
it yeah. feels like. It's just you're right though. It's 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 not like you can really point to one to one particular thing, but it's almost like when he's there in the moment, he makes the most of it. And that's there's something to be said for that. I mean, yeah, you know, there's there's it seems like there's two ways to live on the PGA tour, and one is like Scotty is almost the the ultimate version of just constant excellence. Mm-hmm. You know, your floor is so high, but there's not a whole lot of variance between your worst and your best. And then there are the guys who it's two, three, four weeks a season, but they make the absolute most of the opportunity. And the variance is really high from floor to ceiling. But when they're there near the top, they cash in. I think we need a little more time from him to see, is he going to be a one, two, win a year type player for five years? Mm -hmm. Is he going to get to like that five, seven win kind of career? Which I think he definitely could. He's getting close in age. He's 35. That's the thing is I don't know that he's like, I don't know that he's got 10 wins in him. Yeah. You think we see him on the President's Cup team? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't I don't think I can name twelve international players better than him right now. I mean, when you go outside Europe, I I don't know that I can use more than the fingers on one hand as far as international players who are really Let's do it. Even at, even as good, you know. So yeah. All right, I'm gonna throw some names out. Yeah. You just say yes or no. Yes, if he's better. No, if he's not. And you mean right now? Not we're talking before. right. We're right talking now. right now. Right now. And and would you start him over this player in a Ryder Cup? Right. No, sorry. President's in the President's Cup. Cup. Mm-hmm. Adam Scott. Absolutely, I start him over Adam Scott. Yeah, Adam Scott can't figure out what irons he wants to play each week in his back. Siwoo Kim. Recency bias, but yes, I start him over Siwoo Kim. Joaquin Neiman. This is it. This no. is where it kind of gets into. No, I do not start him over Joaquin Neiman. Okay, okay, all right. I, I do um, not start him over Joaquin Neiman. Now, do you start him over Cam Smith? Yes, right now, yes. What's Cam wow. done? What's Cam done lately? Oh, I mean, Again, no one really knows what's going on over there. Rec- I'm t- we're talking, we're talking current form. The President's Cup is being played this week. You absolutely start him over Cam Smith. You don't start him over Waco. No, Waco is balling now. Nobody's seeing okay. it, but he's balling now. Tom Kim. Yeah, he's better than Tom Kim right now. Hideki Matsuyama. Who do you want to make an eight-foot putt to win the President's Cup? Nick Taylor or Hideki? I know who I want. It's Nick Taylor. Okay. Let's see here. I'm just trying to look at other guys who have played Sung J.M., I mean, 
only reason someone would say Sungjae over Nick right now is the consistency. That, that, that's the one thing is I might I might take Sungjae. I might take Sungjae for the consistency. Again, there's not much variance. All right, last one. Minwoo Lee. Don't don't be too mean, Mike. <laughs> we'll just just casually say Nick Taylor, and then we'll move on to live. It's yeah, yeah. But I don't want to say it. I don't no, want to say fun. it. I want Minwoo. I want Minwoo to win a couple times this year, so we can say that Minwoo is a better player than Nick Taylor. I want to say that. Yeah. But All right. there are things we want, and there are things we get. I wanted South. Oh my god, that was hard to watch. That was yeah, hard. I was live betting. Shout out to FanDuel, and I, you know I made some decent money on this tournament this weekend. Mm-hmm. But it started going a little downhill. I took him to make birdie on number three. Mm-hmm. Beautiful drive, two ninety five down the center, two sixty five left. Hits a five wood center of the green. He's tied for the lead. Has two putts to take the lead on on. I believe it was Saturday round three. And he three putted. Mm-hmm. And I took him to make birdie. That was tough and to watch. Was, that was I tough was to like, watch for me oh. just being a fan with no betting interest. That must have been awful. That must that have been awful hurt. for you to see. That one hurt for sure. But yeah, I mean, oh my goodness. Second tournament in five on the PGA Tour this year. And he hasn't even played in all five, but I mean, it's coming, Mike. It's. Mm-hmm. He's going to win a big tournament this year. And I think it's going to be oh, yeah. sooner rather than later. He's one of those guys, again, the variability. And all he needs to do is catch a hot week and make the most of it. Because I think, you know. And with that, you know, that's how you get wins. And that's how you get remembered. Yeah. All right, moving on to the other tour, Live Golf. They played two events in the last two weeks as well. This past week, they were in Vegas, but two weeks ago, they were in Mayakoba. And Joaquin Neiman took home the first Live win of the year. He defeated Sergio Garcia in a playoff. He shot 12 under, shot 59 in round one. 59. Mm-hmm. Don't know what the scoring average was in round one. But I know Madison talked about this last year with Liv in their inaugural season. I think it's already tough to watch. You can't have the golfers playing bad golf on top of the broadcast being tough to watch. So sometimes when I see a score like 59 on the Liv Tour, I'm like, did they just set up the golf course super easy? I... Again, there's there's so much variance in the talent. I don't think that you can say now that their top talent is inferior. You can't. You cannot say nope. that. But I think you can say that the bottom the bottom is rough. Can I say this real quick? Yeah, just go to ahead. cut you off. Mm-hmm. After the first round, there was a twenty stroke difference from first place to last place. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Thank you for In one round. Thank you for pointing that out. So someone went out and shot a 79 on a resort course. 
Yeah, I'm going to go back. So Nick Taylor shot a 60 in round one at waste management. I'm going to scroll here and try to find the worst round. Okay. Gary Woodland shot 79. So that's 19 strokes. Mm-hmm. But that's just something to, to think about there. But the field is three times the size. Almost. Yep, that's true. And and if Liv is trying to be a premier product, you shouldn't have you shouldn't have that kind of spread. You shouldn't have that kind of spread. You'll I think you'll see that in a full or mostly full field PGA tour event. But for Liv, I don't think that's I don't think that's acceptable. But they've got They've got contracts out there that they're carrying that I think now they would like to be able to rid themselves of. Yeah. So they live has 54 players, obviously. I want to ask you this. I'm going to name three players mm-hmm. and you just try to, you just guess where they finished on the leaderboard for Mayakoba. Okay. Have you seen the leaderboard? I have not. I mean, I know, I know who won. I know he won in a playoff. But yeah, gotcha. I couldn't tell you. So these, these three are pretty big-ish names for Liv. The first mm-hmm. one, not not really, but Pat Perez. Perez. I don't think Perez is doing much of anything right now. And I'm going to say that he finished no better than 35th. He finished third to last. Ooh. Speaking of big contracts, big contracts. Phil Mickelson. Yeah, I think he's been, I think he's been dogging it pretty bad. I want to say that he probably finished. I want to say he finished in the top forty-five. He finished second to last. Okay, you might see where I'm going with this. Okay, another big name for. I I, I sense pattern. I sense a pattern now. The DUI man himself, Harold Varner the third. <laughs> Did he finish dead last? He finished dead last by wow. three shots. That's um, and you know what? That's that's a tough look for HV three because he really, you know, there there are guys out there who didn't and couldn't play the PGA Tour. Literally, there are guys out there who are not good enough to play on the PGA Tour. And he can't beat them. Yeah. That's tough. That's really tough. Bad, it's a bad look. You know, it's just, it is a bad look. And, face, but... and honestly, I hate to, I hate to see that because I like, I like Harold Flagger. I really do. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Vegas. Are you a Vegas guy? You ever been to Vegas? Have I been to Vegas? I have been to Vegas. In fact, I was in Vegas last week. Oh, really? I was, I was out there. there. I was out there for our annual sales kickoff convention. So I was there with all my other sales brethren in the company getting motivated for another big year. And I actually happened to have quite a bit of time on my hands Thursday between the end of meetings and my flight. So I hopped in a cab and went over to the tournament. I watched now unfortunately they started earlier than i thought they were gonna so i got there with six holes left which by the way is weird to know how many holes are left 
just wasn't even something I was thinking of. I'd forgotten about the shotgun start, and I was thinking that, oh, yeah, you know, if, the, if they started teeing off around 10 o'clock, then certainly there'll be plenty of guys out on the course for several hours. But there were only about there was only about two hours of play left by the time I got mm-hmm. there. So, so yeah, so I saw my first live event and uh, the, cause wait, first I want, I want you to tell us like, just what were the vibes like out there? I've heard a couple of different things. I've heard it's been pretty casual out there. Obviously you can hear the music in the broadcast, which I'm not a huge fan of, but yeah, what were the vibes like out there? So the music was not as loud as I thought it would be. And therefore it wasn't. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I almost, it almost feels like they turn the music, they somehow up the volume of the music in the broadcast to make it seem mm-hmm. like it's more of a thing. It it is, it is more background. Although you know, I I listen to music when I play, so it doesn't it doesn't bother me like it bothers some other people. The general vibe was very, very subdued. Now it was a little, it was a little chilly and it was sunny, but it was wet. It honestly reminded me of a KFT event as far as crowds go. More build out around the 18th green, certainly. And all that is, all that is pass holder. You've got to have a a special pass. It's not, you know, not just a regular grounds pass. You got to pay, it goes up from 50 to 200 bucks. I think to get into those to get into those bleachers. So there was no one in them. And I realized it was the first day, but yeah, it was pretty sparsely attended. Now the fans there, they all seemed to be knowledgeable about golf. Nobody was screaming in people's back swings. There weren't, you know, hooligans or anything like that. They were Honestly, a heck of a lot better behaved than the folks at Waste Management. I talked to some of them and, you know, they all seem to be avid golfers, new new golf. They seem to be fans of the teams, which I thought was interesting. Saw a lot of saw a lot of team merch on people. I saw a lot of team merch on people on my flight from Houston to Las Vegas. I had never seen a four aces hat or a torque hat in the wild anywhere ever until I got on the second leg of my flight from Houston to Las Vegas. And there was a ton of live merch on people on that flight. Las Vegas country club is awful. It's it's, just awful. It might be one of the worst golf courses in Las Vegas. I've actually played it. I played it about a decade ago and mm-hmm. it it was in better condition than when I played it. And I played it about the same time of year, to be honest. So at least it was green this time. That was good. It looked like they put a little bit of effort into it, but the golf course stinks. I'm, I, I know they're not going to play at Shadow Creek, but I feel like they could have done a little bit better if they wanted to play mm-hmm. in Vegas. So, yeah, I hope they didn't. I hope they didn't pay the golf course much to to play there. It's it's weird. It's very it's very tight. It's very constrained. It's short. 
It's not that difficult. It doesn't drain at all. So, I mean, it was a muddy, sloppy mess. But, you know, I got to watch a couple hours of professional golf. HP3 was actually playing really well when I was there. And I was hoping that he would. I didn't realize he played so poorly the week before. But I was hoping he was going to do something. Looks like that didn't happen. Yeah, he shot 63 yeah. in round one and then yeah. followed it up with a 74 and a 70 mm-hmm. to finish T27. Yeah, so that that kind of that kind of stinks. You hate to you hate to see that. But yeah, but Dustin uh, Dustin Johnson picks up another live win for the yeah. four aces. Shout out to Peyton Broach, who's a huge Dustin Johnson fan. Unfortunately, doesn't talk about him anymore. I guess because he went to live. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and DJ beat Taylor Gooch and the No Pants Peter Uline. I actually saw Uline. So it was fairly cold that day I was there in the fifties, and Uline was wearing shorts and a beanie with the little hand warmer around his back. Wow. And I'm thinking, really shorts, dude? Okay, whatever. So, oh, and Terrell Hatton is still doing Terrell Hatton things. Yeah, he's never going to change. I got to see him. I got to see him put his drive in a fairway bunker. He kind of poofed one out there into a fairway bunker that everyone else was carrying and got himself on the downslope coming, you know, in the back of the bunker downslope and didn't have much of a shot. Hit a pretty bad shot coming out and made the bunker a little bigger as he was as he was exiting. So and that doesn't surprise me at all. Nope. Nope. Shouldn't. Thing is now nobody's really, nobody's really watching it. Yeah. You don't get to see it. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, you know, Liv really had their day in Mayakoba when they had Sunday to themselves. And there was definitely some buzz going on. But this week, I don't think you're really hearing much of anything. Yeah. I saw the, the viewership for live this week was like 23,000 which yeah. is crazy low it's, tough. it's a tough look yeah i don't know i mean having on the cw plus the broadcast hasn't really changed they gotta they have the 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 players they have well i would say they have some of the, the venues but like you said you said it wasn't a good course at las vegas country club i don't know man like you have all the money in the world how do you not just figure it out by now I don't know. I, I I don't know. I honestly don't know that they're going to do much better. I think that unless they decide that we're going to, that they're going to pick off three or more top players that they're going to forget about any, you know, PIF and PGA tour deal. And they're just willing to torpedo all of that. I think they just kind of operate, they kind of operate at this level for the foreseeable future. I mean, they certainly could poach a few more top players and really change the balance of power. But I still wonder, honestly, do the Saudis want to run a professional golf tour? Or do they just want to own part of it? Do they just want to be at the table? Do they just want to have the influence? Let the PGA Tour staff handle all the dirty work. You know, and they're just 
behind the scenes trying to get the deal done. And Liv can become, you know, can become some kind of, I don't want to say exhibition series, but that, you know, there could be some smaller series, which I think could be really interesting if you had Scheffler and Spieth and Thomas and Rory playing in, you know, maybe three or four team events in a year. That'd be worth watching. Yeah. It also stinks too, because we were supposed to have TGL this year and that kind of collapsed. Literally. Yeah. Moving on from, well, I got one more thing from Vegas before we head to Riv. Yeah. I want to say congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not sure who you were going for, Mike. I'm not a huge 49ers fan. I'm also not a huge Kansas City fan. I mean, I know we're both Giants fans, but I was pulling for Kansas City over the 49ers this past weekend. So I was absolutely pulling for Kansas City. It's, It's a little weird. I'm a big Patrick Mahomes fan because I remember his dad playing for the Mets in the early 2000s, and I'm a big or was a big Mets fan. So... I've always kind of been a Mahomes fan okay. for no good for no good reasons because his dad pitched for the Mets. So I was glad to see it. The women in my household are big Taylor Swift fans. So you know who they're pulling for. But look, man, my wife was emotionally invested in the game. She was emotionally invested in the game. And for... 29 years I've been trying to get her to watch football. Wow. And now she will watch football with me. So, you know what? Thank you. Thank you, Travis Kelsey. Thank you, Taylor Swift. I can actually get her to watch football with me now. That's funny. Yeah, I saw she took up 1% of the coverage from the Super Bowl, which obviously is a lot lower than what they people make it out to be. There's one more thing I was going to say about the Super Bowl that I just can't remember now. But yeah, I don't know. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, two-time, sorry, three-time, now back-to-back Super Bowl champion. So congratulations to them. Real quick, because we're getting close to an hour, I want to talk about Tiger and Sunday. Sun Red. Day Red. Okay. It's early. In the whole sun day red, you know, product or whatever. Nothing really stands out to me right now. He didn't bring back the TW logo from Nike, which I believe Tiger Woods owns the TW logo. Real surprised that this new venture doesn't use the TW logo. Yeah, so immediate reaction for me. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I thought he had an opportunity to do something really different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not sure what you can really do differently besides what Melbourne, whatever, how you say it. I mean, they do something completely different from everyone else, but it's basically the same thing with a little tiger on it and a Sunday red logo. Yeah. Not even an interesting typeface on Sunday red either it's just i don't know 
I don't know. I, I hope they didn't pay much for that. Yeah. You know, did they use an AI logo generator to come up with that? You got to hope that. You got to. You got to. You got to hope AI is better than that, right? <laughs> you would hope. You would it's hope. different, though. I mean, I, if if you see it, you definitely know it's Sunday red. But don't love it. Don't love it at all. Who knows? Maybe it'll grow yeah. on us a little bit. I was talking to Ian today, and I was saying, like, I think what they're probably going to do is maybe let Tiger wear Sunday red. For the next, you know, one or two years, and then maybe they do like another line on top of that, where it's like the TW collection or something like that. Could be. I mean, they they could have a they could have a longer a longer time horizon than either of us are thinking about. But yeah, the initial the initial reaction not not great. Not loving it. All right, so I just want to get into the field real quick. Obviously, it's an elevated event this week. I believe it's still an invitational as well because, I mean, Tiger, obviously not top 60 in the world or top whatever it takes to qualify for these events. So, yeah, you know, he's the host. He invites himself into the field, and he is teeing off with... Can you hear that? What's that? I just got a phone going off in the background. I was well, yeah. unsure if you could hear that. No, I didn't um, hear it. But he's going on with Justin Thomas and Gary Woodland. Why does Justin Thomas get Tiger Woods every single time they go out? Comfy pairing, man. Comfy Jeez. pairing. I guess when you're the host, you you can pick the tee times too. Another big group, I'd say, would be the Rory Wyndham and Max Homa. Mm-hmm. Has Max won at Riviera yet? He has. He has. Okay. I know he's like the California king. But yeah, you got Rory, obviously probably the second best player left in the PG Tour behind Scotty Scheffler. Wyndham Clark just won at Pebble and Max Homa. They go off late Friday. Sorry, they go off late Thursday, early Friday. So really good pairing there. I want to just kind of talk about like what do we expect from Tiger this week? And what are your hopes for the tournament? Is Sahith playing this week? He should be. Yeah, I think he yeah. should be qualified. 12.01 Eastern, he tees off playing with Xander and Tommy Ladd. Okay. So let's start with Tiger, and then we can talk about Sahith. I mean, Minwoo doesn't qualify for these elevated events yet, so mm-hmm. nothing really talk about there. But Tiger, last year he made the cut an average thursday round and a very special friday round to make the cut last year mm-hmm. and then kind of sizzled out fizzled out on the weekend what do we expect from the big man i have higher hopes this year should be healthier should be walking a little bit better with the surgery well, like i guess we can't say is he gonna make the cut but no you can't. i believe there's a cut no it's an elevated event. I know, but I think this is one of the ones that has a cut. I'll look it up real quick. Yeah, you go ahead. Well, if there is a cut, I'm saying he's going to make the cut. Top 50 in ties. Wow. Yeah, this is... Honestly, this is what I want to see in the signature events. Is kind of a master style event. 
about 80, 90 guys cut down to 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to say Tiger averages two under per round. And I think that's going to give him like a top 20, top 25. And then, you know, we're going to look at it as like, okay, first real PGA Tour event in this long. He's probably going to play in the players if he's healthy and then play in the Masters as well. So if you think, I think if you can put together a top 20, top 25 here, we're looking good for the rest of the year. You're a little more optimistic than I am, but but not too much. I think he makes the cut. I'm thinking probably around 35th. I think that there's still there's still some rust that he's got to knock off, but I think he's going to have I think he's going to have a couple good rounds. I think he's going to have one round that keeps it from being something really special. But I think it's going to be a solid I think it's going to be a solid performance. Made cut somewhere between 35th, 40th. Okay, and what about Sahith? I mean, my heart says that he pulls it together and that he wins it this week. My head says that he plays three good rounds and has trouble coming down the stretch and, and has a top 10. So I just sat, man, sat I here and man, I want him to win. I sat here and counted the entire field, and I can't remember if I counted 70, 71, or 72. But yeah, that's unfortunate for 20 to 22 players. Gonna kind of yeah. miss the cut. Do they still get paid? I guess we'll have to wait and see. I don't think so. Wow. Really interesting. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. That's a good question. I don't know if they all get like if there's a last place money type situation or not. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll definitely be tuning in this week. You got to assume Tiger's going to be in a featured pairing pretty much every day if he makes the cut. Of course. Thank you all for tuning in. We're at the one hour and one minute mark. Head over to our YouTube channel. We just crossed over 100 subscribers. This podcast will also be posted there if you want to watch the podcast this is our second week doing it first one turned out pretty well so shout out to microfine the software that we currently use we also just posted a ball of steel video from island golf very interesting i'm not sure how mad found it basically the this ball it says it weighs five times more than a normal golf ball it might be six or seven mike like we sat there and held five golf balls in our hand and one ball of steel, you could like it was still a lot heavier. It still felt heavier. That that's awesome. That's awesome. I had a good time watching that video. I had a really good time watching that video. We'll make sure Madison brings it Saturday so you can roll a few putts with it. Okay, perfect. Um, if you're watching the video, it's funny to watch Madison go from hitting the 20 putts with the ball of steel, and then that first putt he hit with the regular golf ball. I mean, he blew it four or five feet past. So yeah, it was a good time filming that one. Good time watching. I rolled a few putts with it, not on camera, but it's it's very interesting. Not a training aid that I would recommend, but yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, that was good that you guys got to review that. We had the we had my two and one biathlon mm-hmm. the week before. 
still out Congratulations there. Congratulations to you for passing the bike portion, but passing the bike portion, the golf portion. It gave it a good run on the golf portion. So yeah. I really like the validation part of the bogey golf. Was it called? Yeah, the bogey match. Yeah, the bogey match. Match, match play um, against bogey. Yeah, that was. Really it's good. a lot harder when you. Yeah, it's a lot harder when you got to back it up. Yeah. So. It was yeah, fun. We got a lot of. Was, I had a good time. I had a good time playing it. We got a lot of positive feedback on that one, so we might have to do that again. Absolutely, um, I'll do that again. And then this coming week, we have the Tour Pro Tee, which is a new tee that we're we're testing out, and also All the right. Flight Path Tee. These tees claim to give you more yardage off the tee, and also less side spin to make it a little bit more accurate. Um, Madison and I played a three-hole match. He used the Tour Pro tee. I used the Flight Path tee. Did a three-hole match play. I gave him a stroke on the par five. We played a par four, par five, and a par four. And I don't want to spoil anything else from tune that. In, tune in to find out what happens. Yes. Saturday, 10 a.m. on our YouTube channel, 2-in-1 Golf. Also, check us out on Instagram. Check out the website. I don't know. Have we had a blog go up any time recently? Mm, it's been a bit. It's been a minute. I need to write something soon. Gotcha. Gotcha. All good. I've been thinking about, do you know what Twitch is? I know what Twitch is. Yeah. I've been thinking about doing a Twitch channel and just like, I mean, I play video games, obviously, late into the night, but also like when I'm editing videos, I haven't decided yet if I want to give people potentially a preview of a YouTube video as I'm editing it or if I just save it for YouTube. But I was thinking about potentially doing a Twitch. Not sure yet. That'd be cool. We'll, we'll discuss that in-house. But I think I covered all the socials. TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, the website. All at 2-in-1 Golf. Thank you all for tuning in. And we'll catch you next week. <laughs>